good. God, come on. God. I'm so sorry. I'm such an idiot. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fundamentalists Podcast. My name is Elliot Morgan, and I'm here with Peter Rollins. Uh, we do a podcast basically every week, and we're not even going to pretend that yeah. we've missed one for Thanksgiving or the one before that for any reason. Um, well, we should have done something on Thanksgiving. That, a theme like topical that's what people do to make their podcast big isn't that right yeah be right. topical i know on thanksgiving weekend i certainly was like what podcasts can i listen to <laughs> of people giving thanks that sounds fun yeah. um but no it's good to give thanks and we're very thankful and i'm very thankful um we uh we do this podcast where we talk about the possibility of ha- experiencing life before death who even talks about that we don't know um pete uh d- knows so many things and he's a brilliant <laughs> human being oh thank and, you sir uh, You're I, too I, kind i'm i just enjoy all this stuff so much we have fun conversations i think you guys enjoy them as well um this particular episode was inspired by a guy named lance whose last name i won't mention who contacted me uh and gave us a topic suggestion and usually we come up with our own um and this one i thought was a particularly very good one so we're talking about survival uh ism we're talking about the preppers we're talking about people who are kind of obsessed with an apocalyptic scenario uh, i think this is an excellent topic because i personally feel like people are going through this there is a you know there's a closing out of the year there's a closing out of the um election cycle that we've all been going through you like to think there's going to be a closing out of um the pandemic that's currently happening, but there isn't yet. And so I think there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of people going, everything, the sky is falling. Um, and sometimes for very good reason, but there is a whole other subset of folks and you know, them, I know them. These people have bunkers and they got buckets of dehydrated food and they are well aware that they, they know, that the end is nigh and they will be ready and we won't. And that makes me self-conscious. And so I want to talk about that. So I feel better about myself because I don't have a bunker and I don't have any prepper um, supplies ready to go really at all. Uh, however, I do watch a lot of Survivor and I watch a lot of Alone, <laughs> um, which you should watch Alone on the History Channel if you haven't okay. got a chance. Um, and so we might touch a little bit also on UFOs today. We might touch a little bit on that. Uh, that. This is very much an Elliot Morgan kind of episode. And also, we yeah. want to touch on and maybe kind of, uh, what do you call those Weezer. real life house, talk about households? Or or what? what do you call those, those shows? Real life, real life housewives? Real, oh, real reality life. TV. Yes, so we're gonna talk UFOs... Weezer, Weezer, uh, and, uh, and survivalism. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a great topic. Cheers. Cheers. We are um, enjoying a nice gin and tonic as yeah. we uh, we haven't seen each other since the the ho- before the holidays. So it's now December. Pete, how are you doing? Before we dive into everything, doing good, man. I've uh, just been doing the usual. I always feel I sh- I should um, try and think of something interesting to say when you ask that because you, you do often ask me that. I should prep. Like a prepper. Oh, wow. You see what you did there? Yeah. It's a callback. Very nice. Welcome to the hosting. Welcome to the hosting board. Yeah. This is all the work I do in the podcast. I yeah. intro it. Pete says smart things. I interrupt him and I go, that's crazy, man. And then uh, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> the whole episode. So uh, This I, is going to make us millionaires. It is. We, you uh, wait. Um, yeah. Well, if the hyperinflation, then maybe we will be millionaires. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking although, of apocalyptic ideas, exactly. Such as that, um, although, although I um, have you ever heard of uh, a down a rabbit uh, a modern monetary theory? I've been weirdly down a rabbit hole of it, but it says that we literally can't go into hyperinflation and uh, oh. can't be bankrupt. 
because any government that can print its own money is kind of immune to that. So anyway, that's boring. That's that's not going to be ever a topic of the fundamentals. <laughs> but for some reason, I've been watching hours of Wait, um, MMT videos. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But if you start getting into people's heads about what we could do as a government that just prints our own money, it is kind yeah. of a crazy wormhole. Well, see, this is the weird thing, right? Th these guys argue that technically taxes don't pay for... Uh, goods and services. You know, we think we pay taxes so the government can do things like build roads, do schools. Like, no, taxes used to be governments would destroy their taxes. They would get the tax in and they just destroy it. Yeah, right. Because really? the government doesn't need the money because it can just print the money. Tax is a way of getting money out of the monetary system. So once you start thinking about how money works from the perspective of MMT. It sounds like uh, that fighting. What's that fighting thing people MMA. do? MMA. Uh, yeah, not as interesting like as MMA. <laughs> but once you start realizing that, oh yeah, you, basically the government can print money to build what it needs to build, and then it taxes to get the money out of the system to avoid uh, hyperinflation. People being happy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. It kind of, it switch. It, other possibilities arise, but anyway, it's... It did, on YouTube, you end up going down weird rabbit holes. And that yeah. was my most recent rabbit hole. Um, I'm definitely curious about that. I mean, yeah. I've never... But, I mean, the money for taxes still goes to these things, right? Like, you... that's Or is that just how you justify... Like it's kind bills. of is... It's kind of how it works or how it looks like it works. But here's the funny thing, right? We used to think that, like, the common notion of money is that money was developed... Uh, in a market so is like we're bartering stuff you might not want chickens when I want cows we find a third thing that can stand in for value a symbol yeah but that's actually not how money started money did not and that this is a bit of a crazy thing money did not start as a way to facilitate barter money it looks like money began as a way to avoid blood feuds the first time money was used was if you damn have you hurt me so that I wouldn't hurt you back yeah. you had to give me something so societies started using money not in the market economy but as a way to avoid violence like okay huh whoa all right well, well maybe we will do a whole episode <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, that sounds very interesting yeah. do you agree with this Theory? Yeah. So there's a guy called Graeber, David Graeber. He sadly died just last year. Um, he wrote a book called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. And it's a massive book, but it, came, it was a bestseller. And yeah, he, he basically gives, I think, very, very um, strong evidence. A strong case. That, yeah, that money predates markets. Uh, in fact, money is as old as writing, right? Money goes back to... The Notes. very beginning, yeah. Was yeah. it like it's a note? Yeah, no, like a, yeah, or or it, sometimes it was a you know whatever it was might have been green or it might have been whatever, but some sort of um, way of representing value. Is there anything to do with that information on an individual basis? What do you mean? Like, does it change my behavior in any way to know that, yeah. or should it? Should I? not pay my taxes because it sounds like I shouldn't pay my taxes. <laughs> and I yeah. love not Although paying you've my told taxes. me that you always do tax avoidance anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I do. that's a lie. <laughs> no, I do always avoid it. Yeah. But I do do it. But they you catch do up it. with yeah. me, but I wait for them to come to me. Oh the the IRS came after me. Thankfully it was it was a mistake. But didn't I tell you this is that 
I am Patreon. You told me this. I don't know if you've told them this. I know. Should I? Are you allowed to do <laughs> no, this? Is this too fine. personal? Yeah. I think it's super interesting. Yeah. So I, I get paid some money. Actually, most of the, my money at the moment because of COVID through Patreon. And then Patreon Tell gives the money to PayPal. And then PayPal gives the money to me. But the IRS thought that I was getting the money from Patreon and the money from PayPal. So they thought that I was paying only half my taxes. And my goodness, they sent a rather nasty letter. A kind of letter that if you suffer from anxiety would, would definitely <laughs> make you upset. A kind of letter that if you're just a normal, chill guy who uh, is chilling, then yeah, it might really... Yeah, my, it would ruin way. your day. It would ruin. <laughs> you. I, w- I wanted to phone them up and say no, to them, you, "Do you not understand that this letter could upset people?" You told me the amount, <laughs> and I remember being like, "I'm so glad you haven't jumped out of this window." Because <laughs> I truly would be like, if they, because I've had mix-ups happen with pa- we both are involved in Patreon in some some small capacity. But when I set up the Patreon for Valley Folk years ago, I did so in a way that I thought I got all worked out, but it was a similar thing where I don't know about the PayPal thing, but it was all in my name and it was, and then it happened again this past year and I did the Elliot kind of way of handling it where I didn't even, I, I, it, I didn't even pay attention yeah. to it, but it was again, I you got should a do letter. a little course on that. The skill of how, of, Dude, of just avoiding things. It's <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. And there's something there and I, I'll never figure, I would figure it out. I'll figure it out later. But mm. like the, the terror of finding out that the government thinks you made X, Y, and Z when you didn't is such a horrifying misunderstanding to go through. I know. It, 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 honestly, the letter, like, it was bold in it, and it was, like, it was just a nasty. And you do, I did want to phone them up and say, like, if, if this could upset people. Hey, be nice. Be nice. <laughs> be hey, nice. IRS, you thought know about being nice. Just buy me a coffee, buy me a drink. Uh-huh. I don't know, and then and then have the conversation. Yeah, ease yeah. into it. Not ease, with this yes, letter and the right. stamp yeah, and the logo. Um, uh, well, let's so, talk about survival. Okay. Speaking of that, yes. Oh, and by the way, I wanted to do a bit of a plug for a Northern Irish director. If we're talking about survivalism and the apocalypse, there's very few good directors coming out of Northern Ireland. Helen is the, mm-hmm. the one of them. Who's one of the, I think will be an incredible director worldwide. Stephen Finkelton is... Um, or writer. Yeah, I'm both. Uh, Stephen Finkelton uh, was, is a director who did a movie called The Survivalist. And I think you can still get it on Netflix. And it's kind of a low-budget, um, apocalyptic movie. And it's really, really good. It's yeah. by this guy in the woods. And these two women find his uh, house. And then it's all about their relationship. It's very dark. It's cool. very good. So I would check it out. Well, that's great. Okay. And yeah. the, and so what was, what is the, what about it is what draws you to it is just the, it's very, so there's very few words. I mean, you, not that you notice it, but you go like, Oh my goodness. So like you're just watching a guy who is completely isolated that you don't even know what's going on in the world, but just it's collapsed something, something like, and, um, it's just this beautiful expression of a type of madness that sets in from being Fun. alone for for a long period of time so it's it's a it's a strong movie yeah, yeah. um he's a controversial character the director in many ways but oh, it's really? very interesting he, i think he'll do something great in the future i mean i think he's he's uh he's got a really good eye for things a lot of good stuff coming out of northern ireland yeah past few years that <laughs> the like the titanic that was a real success. It was. The DeLorean car. Do you know the DeLorean car was built in Belfast? Yeah, you guys are 
Yeah, you're yeah gonna, we're really good at shit that goes wrong. You're going to get something. <laughs> yeah. You know that if the Titanic uh, hadn't swerved, they probably would have been fine. Is that right? Yeah, it would have hit. It would have still hit, oh. but it wouldn't have done the. Oh, damage it wouldn't have done the damage. Did. Yeah, I've heard a few different really interesting things. I always forget them, but about what they should have done. But I think I've heard that as the swerving mm-hmm. might have caused the problem. Do you know that the Titanic is named after the Titans uh, and well. the the Olympians and the Titans? Uh, were that, that, that's a bit easier to know. Titanic Titans. Yes, that, that one's easy. <laughs> but did you know that the Titans? When they were defeated, they by the, sunk by an they, iceberg. They were banished to the underwater realm. Oh, and there's a sister ship to the Titanic called the Olympian that sailed perfectly, and the Olympian was fine. The, Titan, the Titan was the one that was banished to the underworld. Wow. Well, you knew there's a conspiracy theory that actually they sank the sister ship uh, for insurance, but they pretended that it was the Titanic. Ooh, interesting. It's a weird conspiracy theory. It's not even that interesting, but this conspiracy theory is the Titanic never sank. Um, it was the, the Olympic, what was it called? The Olymp- Olympic, or the Olympic, Olympic or something. Olympic or Olympian, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, they painted it up to look like the Titanic, and uh, they sank it to get insurance. Really? Yeah. It's not as interesting as the moon landing, but it's... Uh, it's a good one. Yeah. Speaking of conspiracy theories, we're going to talk about aliens maybe in a little bit, but it all comes back to this idea of survival. So we... Um, I, at least, I won't speak for Pete, I enjoy survivalist things. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. I actually, maybe I'm going to sound like a crazy person here. I have no problem with people building bunkers, mm-hmm. stocking up, yep. uh, learning how to shoot a bow and arrow, yep. and clean meat, whatever, grow food. I think it's all awesome as particularly a hobby. I think it's a really fun way to probably vent a lot of that fear and frustration that you might have. I watch a show called Alone a lot, like a lot of this of this show. My parents recommended it to me. It's always, it's a little, you never know when your parents recommend you TV shows. There's a generational divide that happens mm. sometimes. They hit this show out of the park. Like yeah, it the is other so one they recommended was Touched by Gilmore an Angel. Gilmore Girls, Touched by an Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, Gilmore Girls is really good. Um, but it's so fascinating. And what they'll do on this show, on the History Channel, is they'll, like, they'll kill animals constantly. Uh, and it's it's hardcore, like it's like legit, and they're completely by themselves in the like. Except for the film crew. Except no. for the no. Oh they, no. There's right. no film crew. Ah. They just give them cameras. Okay. They have to do health checks every once in a while, so where they take their weight, and then sometimes they take them off the show, even if they're still enjoying it because their health has gotten so bad. It's so cool. Hmm. So all that stuff is super fascinating. When you watch it, at least when I watch it, any kind of survival thing or prepper thing, in my mind, I'm like, I would fail at this immediately. And I recently had an episode with wildlife. I've had a couple recently with nature that haven't gone well. Um, Cause I recently moved and I moved to a place where it's kind of built into a hill. So the first thing that happened, that's cool. Like a James Bond bad kinda, guy. You would house. think. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's elevators. It actually built into your mind. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, with missiles. Yeah. But uh, there, I was outside and like, there's these windows that I guess have like a reflection. Anyway, a bird just like flew into this window and like smashed its head like badly, I assume. Hit its head. I don't know if it was smashed. It wasn't smashed. I checked on it later. It fell down. I was like, what the? I was like, what's happening? And I guess maybe they saw a reflection or something and they flew in. And I was like, I don't, I got it. I'm the veterinary guy. I take care of this bird now. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this bird. And I like pick it up and, and I put it up 
you know, a little bit. So it's alive, but it's like kind of kind of shocked. I think it was kind of shocked. It was really, really sad. And I kind of like was like, do you need anything? And I can (laughs) give you tried giving it some water and then eventually kind of tapped it and it flew away and was kind of okay. Then come to find out. Remember that bird that lived on our on our porch? Same idea. Actually. Wow. Weird. Yeah, same idea. That's yeah, because there was a bird that was like, it couldn't fly, and it was literally on our porch for, for like a long time. For a long time, weeks, days at yeah. least, and maybe a week or more. Yeah. And, and both me and you were like, we're not, to, we're not doing anything. We don't know what to do with this. We don't bird. know what to do, but it eventually We know what the off. humane thing is to do, and it's not. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to kill it. But we did decide. I remember, well, I, remember I think we talked about it, and I was going to go and kill it, and then it, it was gone. So, Like it heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was similar to that, and then also similar to that we like there's goose she has gotta go to the bathroom leave the door open at night sometimes critters have just been coming into the house and i'm not used to this we called an orkin person the orkin person laid these traps down but i thought the traps were like these traps are going to kill the mice they put down sticky traps because of the dog yeah and so it got just stuck there, and so I woke up in the middle of the night. Things like all in agony and screaming, and then I had I had was like I don't I thought this thing was supposed to I didn't want to, I don't want to do anything with this. What was it? What kind of creep critter? A mouse. A mouse. All right. It may have been a rat, but it's, I mean it was small as mouse, um, and it was the poor guy was just like bah, 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 and the dog is just asleep ten feet away. I'm <laughs> like, if this dog wakes up, you are this dog will eat anything. You are dead. And uh-huh. she was dead to the world. And so I was well, like, this mice know. is dead anyway. Because how can you take them off that without pulling off their legs? And so here we go. So <laughs> this is what I, <laughs> I hope you kind of try to pull it off and it ended up. <laughs> You oh, set it no. out without any legs. Well, okay. So, all right, whatever. So, listen. So, it definitely tried to get off of the mat a lot. And yeah. I think that it sort of, like, uh, hurt itself a little bit uh. in the process and kind of twisted itself in a bad way. And it was horrible. But I was like, I'm I'm not going to. And I, and I Googled it. And basically, it's like, you either you either hit it on the, on the head <laughs> To yeah. kill it. Oh, to kill it? Or just, to oh, kill right. it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, not to just be mean. <laughs> <laughs> not to teach it a lesson. Yeah. Uh, but, or you pour vegetable oil on the trap, and that oh. undoes the adhesive to oh. let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was staring at it, and I'm like in my underwear, and it's at night, and I was just about to fall asleep, and I'm like, I can't kill this thing because I'm not going to be able to like kill this animal and then like go to sleep and sleep well because I'll feel horrible. And I was like, I shouldn't have done these stupid traps. But I dragged... I hope you didn't heat up vegetable oil and pour boiling vegetable no, oil on the I mice. Didn't. Not this time. <laughs> uh, if it comes back. Uh, but I did take it. We didn't have vegetable oil. I had olive oil. And so I took this dispenser of uh, That's olive such a oil. bourgeois way of freeing dude, mice. Dude, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I, we use uh, olive oil no, to get only, rid of our oh, mice. Oh, extra yeah. virgin only. <laughs> yeah. And I took it outside. And I'm like this poor guy. And I'm just dousing it with olive oil like I'm a little Italian chef. You're, just, like, you're, you're kind of making it very tasty for whatever predator. <laughs> It, there's no way that sucker survived. It would have been. It truly almost started looking delicious uh, to me as I was. I was like, "This is so stupid." And as I was pouring the olive oil on it, it was like unsticking free, like out of a movie. Like it was like. Uh, it reminded me of the end scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when the guy, when uh, the Judge Doom or whatever, like gets glue stuck on the cement roller and he can't get out, get it off. Mm. Uh, 
but eventually it, it roamed free into the night, <laughs> just covered in olive oil. Yeah. And I was like, I could not survive anything. I would not be able, I was like, because on a loan, they would kill that mouse and they would eat it. And it would yeah. be like a day's worth of food. They would be like, listen, this guy died quicker than he would have if he would just alone like he, he died within three hours exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he died aggressively yes and quickly and like he wanted to um, yeah. we just laid him down five minutes ago and he's already dead he's like, yeah. yeah I would call within, within 10 minutes I would be like it's too cold I'm not doing yeah. it uh, but yeah. how I do, do I get cable exactly yeah I don't know I just, where do I plug in my phone this hostmate says they can't find it <laughs> They can't find my guy. But it's a wonderful show. But I don't think I could do it. However, I'm still drawn to the idea mm -hmm. of going out into the woods. And I'm drawn to the idea of feeling a little ahead of the curve if everything went down to zero at the same time. Yeah. So that's you Because you've watched Alone a few times. Exactly. You feel like, yeah, you're. I should come to you if the apocalypse happens. I should uh, sure. find you. Yeah, yeah. good, good luck. Okay. Yeah. That's not a good move. <laughs> well, yeah, this brings me to... What I was thinking about when you said about the apocalypse, because I was thinking, like, there is in any time in history, there's obviously things can go wrong. There's, there's, like, there's difficulties throughout the entire history of humanity. There's wars, there's rumors of wars, all of that. But what's interesting to me is what hitches a ride on genuine preppers. And gen whenever we are concerned about the destruction of the government or destruction of democracy or this or that even there's there's the the literal sense of it where we just read about stuff we're concerned about some issues within the world but then there is and i mentioned this to you like there's the metaphorical dimension and then there's the thing called concrete thinking and the metaphorical is this is a great way of thinking about the unconscious the unconscious is the the speech that is going on within your speech that you don't recognize so whenever someone's for example thinking that society's falling apart society's breaking down often what you discover is that even if they really believe that it's a it's also communicating that they feel that they're breaking down that they're falling apart or that they're breaking up, or whatever it is, whatever the words are that they're interested in in terms of the survivalist or the apocalypse, it's actually telling you also about their inner life, something about their inner life. So I had, I, maybe I'll say it was somebody else. I had a friend who, <laughs> who was worried that I died in uh, COVID. And, and of course, so the first thing I thought was, Whenever you fear that someone's died oh, from COVID, God. it's you, you know, you, why, why do you want me to have died? Oh, right. So, God. And, and it did turn out that they were annoyed with me uh, unconsciously because well, did I, they want you to die. Well, un, you know, unconsciously, not in reality, but, but there was a, they were frustrated with me because I hadn't kind of checked in with them about something. But what was interesting to me is of course their fear when they said I woke up and I had this genuine fear that you died of COVID and I just wanted to check in. It was like, oh, that's great. Like, so why why are you pissed off with me? Because never check and see if a psychoanalyst has died. Yeah, yes. <laughs> never yeah. never reach out to someone who knows what psychoanalysis is and be like, hey man, just want to make sure you're super healthy. 
They're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. interpretation. They're going to yeah. read you for filth. I could have been wrong, you know, because you can be wrong. But it was like Hillary Clinton, I think her daughter once, what was the story? Um, was really afraid that she was going to die. And I heard a psychoanalyst talk about why Why did her daughter want her to die? <laughs> That's very funny. Because when someone wants, like, then someone wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, oh, I'm terrified that you're, you died of COVID. You go like, in your unconscious, I died of COVID, right? And so now, what, what does that mean? And the, the truth is, they were annoyed at me. We worked it out. It was totally fine. Why was I saying that? Um, Sounds like you want this person to die. Oh yeah, um, God, I can't remember what I was, what point I was trying to make. Uh, it was something about how with these the preppers and stuff, there's a wish fulfillment. Oh yes, so there's a wish fulfillment, but I part of the wish fulfillment might be yes, we want this world as it presently is to die. Like so, so the prepper in their fear of the end of the world is wanting the end of the world, and that's completely logical because the. This world that we're in, which is very destructive for a lot of people, like that maybe we can imagine a new world. So I think a lot of people who are into, who are preppers, there's a small possibility that their fear of the end of the world is connected to a fear that their world is ending, that there's something. Maybe a big possibility. Yes. I would say there's a small possibility that they're that right. That is not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. both can be true. Yeah. Which is fun. Like if you're like freaking out about a war breaking out or about uh, whatever it is, pandemic, all of those things can be true. Yeah. And you yeah. can still kind of hitch a ride. A little, you can yeah. hitch your anxieties to it in a yeah. way that uh, allows you to go through uh, your whatever concerns but i guess it's maybe here's the thing if you i like the idea of uh you grabbing your drink i was going to yeah i'll I'll keep talking while you sip. you don't even need to worry about um but like if you get stressed out enough and you get freaked out enough and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna you know make sure i'm taking care of my family's gonna be taken care of i kind of like the idea that you are able to sublimate would that that be the right word certain anxieties maybe sublimate's the wrong word so um, sublimation definitely is the best defense. Yeah, it's where you make it into something positive. Yeah. Well, this yep. wouldn't really be positive necessarily. Okay. It's only positive if it's actually helpful, right? Otherwise, you're just wasting money. Yeah. Well, what? Do you, what give me the example of what you were going to say. Um, if you're like, you wouldn't be sublimating your anxieties to become a prepper because becoming a prepper is only sublimation if you needed to be a prepper. Yeah. It's well, not good to become a prepper if you have nothing to prepare for I and mean, you're just doing it as part of your anxiety. It would be like a displacement or something yeah i mean it could be a way of yeah avoiding a confrontation with your own suffering yeah yeah so then if you continuously prep and prep and prep and you continuously dig the whole pour money into this like other life that you kind of have it's sort of weird it's like um there's almost an infidelity to it of like i have this life that i lead every day in this job and this family but I have another life that I dream of where it's just me. And if I go outside, it's toxic, like that kind of thing. And yeah, it's yeah. like, how do you ever get, <clears throat> pa- how do you work through anything with that? That's my concern, I yeah. guess, with the whole situation. And and the thing is about the unconscious with this is it's never, when, when I talk about myself or I talk about within, a, I'm a prepper and I'm prepping and I'm, I'm using the word I, I'm doing this, I think the world's going to end, da, 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 da. 
the unconscious never has an eye. So it's the it's this element within my speech that is telling me the truth. But it's it's like whenever if you're talking, I, I, I. yeah, but without that. So it's like if I'm saying to somebody on a on a Zoom call, this this that we keep cutting out, we're breaking up. I can't hear what you're saying. We're going to have to try and reconnect, right? Um, you know, potentially that term we're breaking up is connected is saying a truth about mm-hmm. about what I feel about the other person that isn't there's no I to it there's no I we're breaking up it's like there's within the language something about myself that I'm not aware of within the prepper often whenever they whatever words they're using like the world is falling apart often if you feed that back to them and you say do you ever feel like you're falling apart and they might go yeah I had this terrible relationship with my family and I, I felt precarious, mm-hmm. you know, or they say the world's precarious. So they're saying the world is precarious, but then you go, oh, you use the word precarious. Have you ever felt precarious? And you, f- you find that, yes, the unconscious has hitched a ride mm-hmm. on their kind of legitimate fears. That's kind of what the unconscious does. Do you think it could work the other way too? Like um, way. say everything's going great. Or say everything's actually, objectively speaking, going horribly. Bombs are falling, sky's falling, yep. sun's burning up, it's freezing or whatever. But all of a sudden, some people are like, I oh, don't know, I'm doing pretty good. I feel like everything's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be all right. That's probably just an unconscious, like, venting about your own personal comfort in life and your own personal situation. Yeah, it can be. Well, so what's unconscious is usually what you can't face. So if someone keeps saying everything's great whenever everything's terrible that's more likely that they're trying, it's a reaction formation, they're saying the opposite. They're kind of trying to avoid a confrontation. So it's rare, it's rare, it's rare that the unconscious <coughs> speaks what is good because yeah. you don't have to repress that. You have to repress what is not good. I had to make a point to stop opening every therapy session that I do with, things are great. Mm. That was a real big tell. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 that's um, bad, yeah. It's well, like the person who says, I'm not an alcoholic. If you're not an alcoholic, you don't have to tell people you're not an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> the denial itself is like, you know, I'm going, I'm going to go to the pub to, or I'm going to go to the off license to get some drink for the party. I'm not an alcoholic. They're like, why are you telling me you're not an alcoholic? Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you are, but it, it means that you're telling, you're denying something. Like I had a dream and it's not about my mother. Could they also um, be, I mean, you could be suffering from some sort of, you're right i'm, I'm yeah. trying to figure out a way around it but i'm, no, I'm but, thinking but you're right that it's not always a negative but like for freud freud was the one who real he realized that whenever you say a negative it can often mean the an affirmation mm-hmm. but not always as he said sometimes a cigar is just a cigar sometimes, yeah because sometimes people could be mm-hmm. accused of being an alcoholic when they're just surrounding themselves with people who yeah, don't drink at all or something. Yeah. And they assume that about them and yada, yeah. yada, yada. But then if they, you have to ask why they surrounded themselves with people like that in the first place. This is just what we do on the podcast, you guys. This is just kind of the yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> but but here, you know what the most interesting thing about some preppers is, right? So there's the metaphoric, and that's a neurotic structure, where someone is saying, I think the world's falling apart. Like, I think a lot of this happened in America when with COVID, people were losing their jobs. People were worried about, paying the rent people were worried about they were stuck in the house with a partner they maybe hadn't been stuck in the house with before there was a lot of personal anxieties and so what happens is you look for things that are going on in the world 
that you can attach the anxiety onto. And so what you find is like Princess Diana dying in the UK was crazy because it was the death of Princess Diana. It was a bad thing, but it, it became something absolutely massive because it was a way for the society with all of these other issues to find something concrete to put yeah. it onto. So that's the, that's the neurotic structure that when you're fearful of something, it's often a metaphor that is telling you something that's happening in your own life. But even, but of the, the psychotic structure is concrete thinking where a person literally thinks the world is falling apart. Like they literally look at the world and maybe they think that pedophiles run Hollywood or uh, neo-Nazis run the organs of state or um, uh, Satanists are, 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 are connected to corporations, whatever it is, whatever these kind of, but they literally think it. They, they it's, and that's what's called the return in the real is that like for a psychotic individual, if they, they might literally feel that their body is falling apart. It's not a metaphor. They literally think, I'm falling apart. I have to wrap my body. They believe it. They believe it. But it's, um, but it's like, it's, a, it's what they cannot face within themselves. They put into reality. And some preppers, we, so it's different. If you talk to your prepper and they're like, I think the world's falling to pieces and I've got a bunker. You know, that's fine. It might be a metaphor for their relationship with their parents. But if you meet a prepper and they say, you know, God told me the end of the world is currently happening. I can see it occurring. Like I have, I, there's no metaphor. It's literal. It's mm -hmm. literal. And um, yeah, that's, that's really scary, you know. Yeah, that's when I say check, please. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm heading out of that conversation. That's too yeah. much. Because uh, yeah. if someone truly believes that kind of thing, it's, I think, very difficult to have any kind of discourse with them. Yes, because it's, it's not even, it's like certainty. It's like, I mean, it's a tyranny of certainty. It's a terror. yeah, the tyranny of certainty, which is you literally can't not believe that something's happening. Yeah. And that's very difficult. And that's the, that's the onset of delusion. Whenever you have someone who feels, for example, that the world is full of meaning, and they know for sure, for sure, they absolute certainty that something is happening, then often that is the beginning of a, of a delusional breakdown. Yeah. And so Darian Leader uses an example of a person who he, I think he was seeing, who literally felt that he was falling apart, like literally his body was falling apart. So he would wrap his body in cling film. Right? So he'd wrap his body in cling film to keep himself together. So this was an experience of him feeling that his ego was fragmenting. But because he had a psychotic structure, he couldn't, he couldn't see that as a metaphor, so it was literal. Concrete thinking means you don't think in metaphorical ways, you think in literal ways. So he literally felt he was falling apart. And Darian Leader, working with this guy, said, you know, one of the solutions can be to make your own clues. To, f to make clues that are tight-fitting, that hold you together. But basically what you see is that, one is there's a logic to him wrapping his body in cling film. He feels literally he's falling apart. That shows that there's something in his life that he can't face, that he feels he's falling apart, his ego is fragmenting. And the therapy says, well, let's start with finding a, 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 a different way of 
acting so you can make your own clues you can hold yourself together and modify your behavior so people can take you seriously next yeah. time you come in here yeah so and then, not wrapped in cling tape yes exactly it's a bit crazy and then and then what's beautiful is you go you know eventually very gradually that person might begin to go oh this is just how i feel this is my subjectivity you know. do, do you think there's a chance that someone like that who feels like they're falling apart and it manifests in a literal wrapping themselves in cling tape, that they're also maybe, I mean, they're mummifying themselves. It, it sounds like a mummy kind of deal, and mummies were meant to preserve, um, you know, people's bodies into the afterlife. They were. It's a very ancient kind of ritual thing, and you wrap everything up, and then the, yeah. this person is trying to make sure they survive into the next phase of whatever their existence is. And this is just yeah. what we do here, folks. On yeah. the Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. I can subscribe. Yeah. I mean, some of these rituals that we do come from like, so psychotics, because they can't, they don't use metaphor. They use concrete language. They make very good musicians and stuff. It's like they speak, they, they talk about feelings that are so palpable because that's how they mm-hmm. feel. So whenever I have a friend who, who, has a psychotic structure when he he says that he feels the world screaming um in suffering that the world is suffering he doesn't mean it metaphorically he literally hears the world screaming he literally feels it and he writes music and he he can he can create these beautiful expressions but he doesn't mean it metaphorically he means it literally but then people take it as a metaphor so i think a lot of rituals that we have developed over time are are uh developed from concrete thinking that we just go that's a beautiful metaphor but for a a psychotic structure it's like it's not a metaphor i literally hear the world screaming you're doing it no no no, yeah 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 and neurotic goes that's a beautiful way of describing the end of the world yeah um i've been getting uh, as i mentioned into ufos a fair a fair bit we mentioned it on the last podcast. I do want you to watch the phenomenon. I've, I've talked to basically everyone about it, and I am I am in the generation that most of my personality is based on stuff mm-hmm. I watched two weeks ago, so I, I think it's important that everyone watch it. It's on Amazon, and it's wonderful. But um, the urge... Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. also, if we're speaking psychotically, mm-hmm. uh, may I give you my my most I, I will give you my most psychotic opinion that i have <laughs> on, on how to yeah. move forward in the future right. and I'll, i want you i want your honest interpretation okay of this yeah okay i'm a logical guy grew up religious left it like to think myself a little spiritual enjoy this type of conversation etc cetera, etc cetera. you all know the uh the the biography i i i have done some fun stuff, do other things here. It's all very wonderful. I think the way that we can, the only way that we can save existence as we know it, if we even want to, mm-hmm. big question, is we have to ask the aliens for help. Now, Pete, listen to me. Yeah. I don't mean this metaphorically. No. Okay. And this is certainly not some sort of unconscious cry for spirituality or returning to the womb or aggressive mm-hmm. tendency. There's aliens, Yeah. A, they're hanging around. They are right, right. So yes, I'm very yeah. logical. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're not hanging around. I think they know not to get caught for our benefit. Yes. I think they're very elegant. Is, right. That's my theory. Elegant. They won't get involved until we ask them. In a serious that what way. You're saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we have to ask them because why do we have to ask them? Well, here's what's fun about asking them. 
uh, to ask the aliens for help is a submission. It's an admission of our own uh, inadequacies as a species to handle the, comple the complexities that we're currently dealing with, from pandemics to global warming to just general fracturing. I imagine it's very strange for an alien to come to a planet of uh, one singular dominating species that has divided itself into countless sort of land barriers that don't make any sense. I imagine they're probably pretty confused about that. And I think they're probably not really loving all the, the cell phone addiction and that kind of stuff. And I think that in order for us to get any kind of help, we have to ask for help. Now, the problem is that that can't happen and it will never happen because a government who is privy to the idea that people might unite across the world to ask for this kind of assistance may in turn uh, undermine uh, governments and and borders and that kind of thing. And therefore, it is in government's best interest to, of course, hide the idea of UFOs, keep them under wraps. But in actuality, if we as the people were to rise up, were to humbly ask. Now, he also, humbly ask is a, um incredibly important part of it because I believe that we are engineered by way of being born in the Western world where we want to pioneer, we want to, dare I say, penetrate we want to conquer we want to dominate and therefore it is counterintuitive to us to want to humbly ask for help but in doing so i think it will reveal uh that we actually have help out there mm. that's the craziest thing i i actually entertain but i also thought we live in a simulation for a while so i don't care we talked yeah. about this a couple weeks ago yeah i'll switch my beliefs to the drop of a hat yeah. i don't care yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you did this to me yeah. So yeah, so there's the there's the physical belief, there's the physical thought belief that you're playing with and maybe you know take on, and then there's the question of does that say is anything hitching a ride with that? Is there a sense in which you feel you need to ask for help? Is there a sense in which you feel that you need a sense of transcendence? Something there's something out there that has the answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give it. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Yeah. yeah, maybe, but that's not, I mean, that's not the fun part. Yes, yes, yeah. Be that as it may, yes. we still need to ask the aliens for help. No, I actually don't, I mean, mm. that doesn't truly, if I'm being yeah. completely no, honest, it does rest. not ring no. yes. true psychologically, if I may yeah. speak as seriously as possible. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I also just get, you know what it is more than anything? If I'm being honest with you, I think there's a little bit of a, um, what is it called when you're just like, there's a law of diminishing returns on the shocks you can have. And I yeah. think that maybe particularly I've dealt with a certain level of like shocks and weird things that are difficult to process. So maybe on one sense, there's part of me wanting some sort of like absolute answer that calms everything down, that makes everything go away, that makes everything peaceful. But um, there's still the reality of UFOs that we have yeah. to contend with as well as the, you know, dying planet. So I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. No. And, and like the thing I said to you when we talked about this, going like my main skepticism about UFOs and you know, is that it seems very primitive technology. If there is a, you know, hyper intelligent, like, you know, we're talking know millions of years good. more advanced inter uh, uh, galactic travelers, the idea that they use metallic objects 
rather than have evolved into some sort of like post being into some sort of energy i find kind of in you know i i'm i'm not i'm surprised cuz for me to be honest life starts with being then enters into being and mind and then if you progress it'll go into pure mind so humans are mind and matter we are this kind of amalgamation of being and thinking so the idea that there's a super advanced species that haven't evolved into pure mind seems a bit weird to me it it feels like ufo's look like us using our present thinking to look at what the future might look like yeah i mean it, it would be a little convenient that the most earth-shattering uh discovery in the world kind of fits with what we thought it was going to be just, just faster and kind of like you know these th- these machines are faster than we can do and they seem to be they can do angles that our our aircraft can't make but ultimately it's just a bit better than where it we're is like at. it is like that yeah mm. it is like oh they can go underwater and then they can make a right turn in a way that no aircraft can make yeah and then you're like oh i guess they exist but you should watch that documentary because there's okay. other parts that i don't even want to get into is that right it might might tip the scales on you but i don't i also wonder do you not want to believe uh, are you yourself resistant to the idea of a outer big other that yeah. maybe makes you interpret this type of data in a way that is more materialistic or mechanistic yeah. than that's true. Well, do you, do you know what's it called? Is it, oh, there's a name for it. This is something paradox. Um, but it's basically, we, we, there's a strange phenomenon. And the strange phenomenon is that, that it's obviously incredibly likely, it's incredibly unlikely that there isn't higher life forms and more sophisticated life forms in the universe. And yet, the universe isn't filled with noise, right? So any species, any highly evolved species creates noise. And to date unless you believe it's hidden. But to date, we, we haven't really encountered this, this vast amount of noise that you would expect. And so the question is, why haven't we? So the, the question is not, is there life out there? But, you know, you start with that presupposition that there's highly advanced life forms. And then you have to go, well, why is there not a whole pile of noise that we pick up? And then there's like there's a whole pile of reasons for this, but what the one I'm most convinced by is that that actually getting to the point of uh, let's call it posthumanism, but or, or a point of kind of like where we move beyond into interstellar travel, all of that is so difficult that it's so monumentally difficult that it's virtually never happens. It virtually never happens. No, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it's like there is even a possibility that when life gets to our level, it always destroys itself. And there's a psychoanalytic dimension to that. It's like once self-consciousness comes mm-hmm. into being, death drive by definition comes into being, and then species auto-deconstruct, auto-destroy. Yeah, they, they, yeah. yeah. Uh, this message will destruct in yeah. however long. But I will say, I mean, it does seem like you're using human logic to, to decipher mm. certain things the same way that you're saying that, yeah, you would. Ex- it's weird that the ships look the way we would expect them to look. I would also say when we went to the moon, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it was expected that the um, dust on the moon would be 
way greater. Yeah. Like it would be way deeper. You yeah. would it would almost you'd sink into it. It was like two and a half inches. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know creationists nothing. We know use nothing. that argument. Yeah. Although I don't think NASA believed that, but I'd have heard creationists say that. Yeah, the and they were but, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I, I do think obviously that life is evolved in probably in multiple places, even maybe in Mars. I mean, there might be life on Mars, you know? What I'm really... T- uh, maybe, who knows? Yeah. I, if Dude, if they find... The moment they find a bacteria mm-hmm. somewhere, anywhere, yeah. if they find a living bacteria creature that was not left there by us, but was like, a, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. I'm throwing a party. Yeah. Like it's going to be, yeah. so, that's the, that's an alien. We found aliens and we're going to go crazy. Yeah. It's so cool. Or we are the alien, as you know, it's like we're, we're from space. And but the, the, the big thing is that, you know, um, that the universe has the ability to create conscious beings because we exist and we're self-conscious. So, the idea that there definitely is the universe has the ability to create self-conscious beings, and uh, the uh, so probably wherever life comes out of being, eventually if it survives long enough, consciousness will come out of life. Self-consciousness will come out of consciousness, um, and uh, that's that's potentially happened in a lot of places. Maybe something comes out of uh, self-consciousness that we're not aware of too. Yeah, but death drive. If death drive is a real thing then there is a possibility that there's been lots of civilized species that, and we all just end up destroying ourselves. And that's what we're, you know, maybe we'll destroy ourselves before we get to the point where we can go out and colonize other planets. He um, said as he sips his gin and tonic. Yeah. Yeah. Get it? This is self-destructive. Self-destructive, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. 100%, my God. I Like, nobody's immune to it. <laughs> I don't know. I like this episode. I don't know mm. if we talked about the topic at all, but I enjoyed it. I've just yeah. been, it's been nice to hang out with you for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe that's all. This to talk, maybe we should have a disclaimer not to listen to this if you're wanting anything too deep. No. Yeah. Is there any big, deep thing you want to throw out to people? Yeah, the only, the only thing is the difference between metaphorical and concrete thinking. That... that metaphorical thinking is whenever you're fearful of something or that you're up the apocalypse often that can be a way of you telling yourself that you're fearful of something in your own life your relationship with somebody your worry about work your so your fear is a metaphor uh but if you're tyrannized by certainty then maybe that's usually a symbol that there's something so traumatic in your life that you can't even subjectivize it. You can't even make yeah. it a metaphor. There's, there's, there's something very, very painful. And so you literally believe the world is going to end, but it's because you literally believe that you're going to end. You mm-hmm. literally believe that you're falling apart. And, um, yeah, those are two forms that the, un- there's two, that's two forms in which you communicate to yourself. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. I would add, and mm. correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree. Mm. Um, but cause those are two different things. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, uh, the, the cool thing to me about the whole discussion and the whole idea is that you can identify these, like who cares if they're paranoid or extreme? Like I'm talking about asking aliens for help. I know that's an insane like thing. If I it's was not, re- yeah. Maybe it's not, but it would be weird if I was like, this is what I think. But like you, 
I can learn from that fun crackpot idea I've come up with about where I'm at psychologically, and I think that's great. That's the point. So the point is not that you're wrong or right about something. So somebody can think, someone can say, for example, I think Western democracy is under threat of collapse, right? I think that, right, so that's the thought. And then you discover that you think that you're collapsing. That doesn't mean you're wrong. You can live, like, that's that's what I mean by the unconscious hitches a ride with the truth. Yeah. You know, the whole Lacanian thing, which is if you're pathologically jealous that your wife is having an affair and your wife is having an affair, you're still pathologically jealous. You're just right. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, actually, you can have your objective belief about the world, but it usually says something about yourself. It usually includes, because otherwise you wouldn't be interested in it. Right. Yeah, and I think there's a fun little game you can play where you go, you play a little detective on yeah. your own neuroses, and you go, "Oh, okay, I think this. All right, yeah, all right. Oh boy, I should maybe I should. Do I think this?" And it sounds probably uh, maybe a hundred percent of the time counter to what you think about yourself, yeah. and uh, that's when you know you're touching the unconscious you're stuff, which is just we're just having fun. Because yeah. I, I mean, I think I, you know, I've said to you, like, I think that we are, you know potentially there is a there is a small chance that we're seeing the end of uh american worldwide dominance there's going to be a, a collapse of a certain form of democracy i i, th- I think that that is yes possible. you have your own you have yeah, your own but but there's probably but there's part of myself in that and and it's not that it's false you know what but it's like something else always hitches a ride that's what's fun. That's what I like about this particular podcast is I'm not, I don't think we will ever be on the boat of being like democracy is crumbling, build a bunker or aliens mm. are coming, start wearing your tinfoil hats. But I do think that along the way, it's fun to be like, um, mm. is this you maybe? Yeah. Is this just your own brain that's coming up with this shit? Which is very fun. And what do you, like, I know we're coming to an end, but I'm interested, like what, what would you like the aliens to help us with to kind of basically not destroy ourselves you think these guys might oh, kind of we need to shift in consciousness pete i think we need to uh uh understand we need a um it's the equivalent of when like the toddler is walking out into the street with traffic and you gotta be like don't go into the traffic uh-huh. and i think we need a nice unifying thing to bring everyone together to go hey we're all in this together but do we not already know that know what that we should all kind of work together and be nicer to each other why why well, yet yeah, here we are yeah so if an alien said it why would that have more weight well, it'd be fun to watch <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it'd be cool to see i want to see what they look like and yeah. i also it's it just opens up a um pandora's box of of questions about our existence and to see also because to be honest like john lennon said we should all love each other and i think most of us agree so i'm like so what these are john lennon types they're going to come and go guys you should be nicer to each other we're gonna we never thought of that well okay holy shit that's amazing okay first of all first of all john lennon was an alien yeah okay Uh, but one alien doesn't do any good you need a group of aliens like it has to be a visitation on a cosmic Uh, scale um, do they have to threaten us? Like, if you don't start working together, we're going to kill you all? No, 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 no. no, no, no I don't no, think there's no. any kind of threat. Yeah. I think it is purely 
uh, altruistic and probably, uh, I mean, look, I'm just making shit. I don't know. I just, it's fun to talk about. I like to think that there is a trans dimensional element to this. They are, they're, they're showing us images, whatever, here we go. They're, They're showing us images that we can comprehend and maybe toying, maybe whatever, or maybe people are so stressed out and so scared and so confused because of the culture in which they've been brought up in that has taught them that like there's nothing to latch on to for your existence or, mm-hmm. or as you say, the unconscious for it to latch on to. Uh, so maybe we're all having grand hallucinations about the same thing and they all look the same. It's just so weird. It's so fascinating. And it almost seems like the easiest answer is the most obvious one, Occam's Razor, which is that there's, you know, people, the aliens are visiting and no one cares. Yeah. I think maybe no one gives a shit. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, that's, yeah. And in psychoanalysis, there's an idea of the subject supposed to know, which is human beings have to believe there is a subject that knows, that has the answer. And in that, so a person thinks a therapist is the subject supposed mm-hmm. to know. They know what the answer is, and that fiction allows them to very gradually start to work mm-hmm. out their whole thing. So, transparency. Yeah. So UFOs might be a form of subject supposed to know because even if they did exist, right? Let's assume they exist. Let's assume that they have a message of peace. You know, they're going to be just a. They're going to. They're, they're also going to be divided subjects. They're also going to have their own fears and anxieties and whatever. Why? Just the trauma of being. Why, did you say? Because mm-hmm. to be a creature of language is to be a creature that... So it's just like a dictionary. Maybe they're a creature of language. What's that? Maybe they're not a creature of language. If they're not a creature of language, then... Which is possible because we have them on the planet. Like, so we have, you know, we yeah. have like dolphins or not dolphins, maybe we have snails or whatever. We do have dolphins, Pete. It, yeah. Pete always says he doesn't believe in dolphins, but my like, yeah. dolphins are real. <laughs> we have dolphins. Yeah. I can show you no, so much no. footage. I've seen them in yeah. real life. But yeah, but if, if something is not a creature of language and it's not in the symbolic, and then it's not going to be able to, you know, then there's an incommensurable world. But how do, how does these aliens communicate to us if they're not within a symbolic regime? I mean, I have a theory that if you compare the behavior of every single UFO uh, sighting and where they actually see the aliens or whatever, they have some kind of encounter, they do act not unlike a dolphin. Is that right? Which is I'm my really other scared that dolphins are yeah. smarter than us. Should we should <laughs> we release this episode? Or we should we release this episode? Yeah, because I, I think we're shit. nuts. What? I think it's like, no, I'm not nuts. I, I truly <laughs> I'm not I swear to God I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> okay, no. so we're gonna release this episode. It's just fun shit to talk about because yeah, yeah like first of all, yeah, yeah, dolphins are smarter than us and aliens are real. Alright everybody, thank you so much. Bye bye. Peace. <laughs> we come in peace. <laughs>